Today's School PR Drive Time is brought to you by Volley. Welcome to another episode of School PR Drive Time, a podcast produced by NCSPRA. I'm Stacia Harris, a member of the NCSPRA media team, and I'm the Director of Communications for Buncombe County Schools. And I'm Ellen Boyd, the NCSPRA Executive Director. In today's episode, we're getting to know Kathleen Kennedy APR. Kathleen is the president of the Center for Communication and Engagement. Kathleen works with schools across the country on everything from crisis communications to bond referendums. She also provides professional development for educators and school PR pros alike. In today's episode, we are going to cover two relevant and relatable topics, leadership in education and leadership in chaos. We have lots to share today. Let's start the show. Welcome, Kathleen, to School PR Drive Time. To kick off the show, tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much for having me today. I am super passionate about public schools and public education, and I found my calling 23 years ago working for a technology center in Oklahoma. I am in the heart of Oklahoma and a friend of mine, after I had worked in a nonprofit and in television for a while, she's like, I think you'd be really good at school PR. And I was like, what's that? And uh, on my first day on the job, we fired a teacher. I was like, wow, this is going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) So I worked there for about seven years. And then I moved to the largest urban school district in the state of Oklahoma. And that's where I fell in love with serving. I mean, just serving. It's a calling placed on my heart. And as most educators and people that work in schools, you know that that's your calling. Um, And then I was fired (laughs) because in urban school districts uh, comes a lot of politics. And so when the leadership changes, they bring in new leadership. And um, I was like, oh, I would planned on retiring from there. Um, And I was a single mom at the time and had a daughter and I didn't see a life outside of not serving schools. So at the time I created my own business and uh, there was hardly anybody helping serve schools independently at that time. And that was uh, eight school years ago. (laughs) We run on school year cycles, right? And so I, here I am eight years forward and I am I am just so thankful to be able to continue to serve in that capacity. Excellent. And Kathleen, tell us just a little bit more about some of the services that you are able to offer uh, public schools. And that'll lead into my next question. Sure. We provide the same thing that you would if you get from an internal communications uh, team. Uh, we do rerun bond issues. We help with crisis. And we also focus on leadership and vision and strategic planning and communication planning. And to that end, then I saw a need um, because I was either crazy enough or, or I don't know what you want to call it, uh, smart enough to run for our local school board. And I saw just how hateful the people could be. They were so mean. And so I started a entire division focused on masterclasses for uh, educators who we just wanted to pour back life into them and pour pour free resources into them. 
And so you mentioned uh, you mentioned that you you incorporated these master classes, these these free master classes into what you offer, and that's why we wanted you to have you on the podcast. Is we wanted sort of a high level view of a couple of your more more recent classes, and um, want to dive into that. So to get us started, uh, the first class is leadership in education. So can you give us a thirty thousand foot view of what you you aim to communicate in that class? Well, that's a great one. And it was, it was a good start too, because the focus is you really can be a leader at any level, whether you're the bus driver, where you're the para, whether you're the teacher, whatever leadership level you're interested in, and if you want to move up. And so you have to have a vision to start with. And so we're going in different directions and we wanted to put people in, in that place where they have the flexibility to take their leadership to the highest level it could be in whatever area it was. Yes, that is awesome. And I love how you brought in, you know, the bus drivers and the paraprofessionals and, and all of that. And talk about how their vision really is connected to the vision of the school district. That is so perfect because the vision that we create at the bus driver level when they're welcoming someone onto the bus sets the stage for how they're going to go through their whole day, right? How do you envision that student walking back into their classroom from their interaction with you? Your vision for how they are greeted, for how they start their day, and even how they end their day, like when they go home and maybe it's to a chaotic house, right? So if you're that last touch point or even that first touch point in the day, how are you setting the stage and ending the day with those kids and impacting them? Your vision for how they can be successful is so pivotal to them. And I have chills when I talk about it because it's just like, it's so meaningful to children and we don't know what kind of impact we're going to have on them when we greet them, right? We never know what what kind of difference we're going to make in that course of the, of the touch point. And so, and that's at every level. It is really at every level. You have to look at what is your vision and how is it going to move? Not only you, but everyone you impact in your, your circle um, that you're touching and people that you don't even know that you're going to be touching. What, what is your vision and, and how are you going to Im- use that in your job? And so that is an amazing point to look at just from any position you come into the district. That's wonderful. And if I could just follow up for a second, what's the reaction that you get from the paraprofessionals and the bus drivers and some of the folks that maybe aren't teachers or administrators? What reaction do you get when you share this with them? And and what do they give back to you? That it is, you know, there I've interviewed some bus drivers over my time and 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 you know, office administrators who are those people. And, and it's really cool when I get to see, I had one specifically in a community we work with, and it was not just the, that his vision for setting that stage, but his vision of safety and security, right? Like he's driving and he's providing a safe environment and creating that. And so they see it as a responsibility and an ownership piece and it's owning that at every level. And so the people that I'm working with are seeing it in just a little bit different light. And I love it when someone who doesn't have that necessarily vision 
is surrounded by people who do, because then you're like, oh, it's those aha moments that come to them. Excellent summary. Talk to me a little bit about turning off the chatter. This is so good. One of my favorite leaders in Oklahoma is Dr. April Grace. She ran for state superintendent of education, lost, but she had a she was up there and turning it on and off the chatter. You cannot be in this space of leadership without turning off uh, the ability to turn off the chatter. I mean, we are living and breathing in social media, in the news, 24 seven news cycle, and everybody in school PR knows this, right? Like you have to be able to shut off the extra voices, but in leadership, that's the same truth because you have to shut off your internal chatter. You have to be able to shut out the negativity from your previous life experiences that shape how we think about somebody's reaction to a a situation. We're projecting our internal failures onto what may or may not happen. We've got to learn how to turn off that chatter. And so her advice is, is pivotal, but when you take it one step further and you look at that internal chatter and being able to shut it off and learning how to identify what it is so you can turn it off or redirect it, those are really important. And did she share any advice on how we can practice this? Because this, because what you're saying absolutely resonates with me. But it's certainly, you know, just as you're talking, I was like, "What? Wait, I, how do I do that? I don't, I don't understand." So, talk to me a little bit about just how we can practice that skill. It is a great skill to have, but I also want to point out too one of the things that well, I do it, and there's a lot of other people do it, but working with coaches who've gone through a transformational process and understand what are your blocks and how to work and identifying those, what they are. There's a lot of times our leadership and our values are set from things and that shaped us when we were children, like a lot of our patterns and negative patterns or positive are shaped when we're eight years old and moving forward. And so a lot about our leadership starts very early. Now, obviously we take in other leaders along the way and we, we bring those along with us, but to break the ones that are not serving us, it's looking at that. And so working with coaches is very effective there's group training programs. There's, you know, I, I went through a transformational leadership program about two years ago, and then they asked me to come back and coach it. And I loved it because it allows us to go even deeper on those issues. But that's one of the huge ones is learning how to turn that chatter off. And one of the number one things is if you were to list out, what are some of those limiting beliefs that you hold and then kind of identify the source. And I would say that's, that would be my list to kind of give you a starting point. You're really talking about changing our mindsets, and that is really hard to do. But part of that, I would imagine, is finding that internal joy. Um, that's part of a mindset. So talk to us a little bit about that internal joy. This is one of my favorite subjects because I am by nature a joyful human being. And as a matter of fact, that first superintendent that I worked for, he called, would call me Pollyanna. And I was like, okay, you do that. I'm good with that. I, I love that. But when I interviewed in this leadership series for educators, uh, Sherry Cole, who is the former women's basketball coach for the university of Oklahoma, she's like, what do you do that makes your heart sing? And I was like, that's so profound because in that statement, If we aren't doing what brings us that joy, 
then you probably ought to get out. And it's the same thing with the the service and the calling on our heart, right? If it doesn't bring you some feeling of joy, then we're probably in the wrong business <laughs> or the wrong in the wrong area of of our life, right? And that's okay to identify that. There's also ways to incorporate that into your leadership where in your off hours so that you can find that joy again. What is it that brings you that happiness that even outside of your job that you sometimes lose sight of because you're so wrapped up in your, in the craziness of the job and the the job itself, the tasks and all the things that are going on. We're having crazy Mondays, but sometimes for, for us, and I was working on a crisis all weekend long, it's, it's dragged out, right? It started on Thursday and I'm here, we are on Monday, I'm still in it. So what in that interim brings me joy, right? I love to cook. I cooked for my parents this weekend. They're 80 and 82, I think. <laughs> I'm trying to remember how they are. But uh, cooking brings me joy. In addition to what I do for a living, I love I love it. But sometimes we need to step out of that stressful, chaotic situation and find our joy and what it is. But doing what your heart is really calling out for you to do is is where your key focus should be. Amazing. Very inspirational. Well, we are just getting our conversation started. So after the break, we are going to discuss the practice of leadership in the context of chaos. And of course, none of us here know anything about that. Stay with us, everyone. You're listening to School PR Drive Time. Your community is full of volunteers who are willing and able to help. From adults that can read to kids, all the way to STEM field professionals that can tutor. The question is, how do you reach them, vet them, and manage them? Volley is a fully integrated system that is designed to connect volunteers with your school needs. Cloud-based, it's accessible from any computer or mobile device. Schools or district administrators can post needs, set up repeating opportunities with shifts, and Volley does the rest. Volley automatically sends reminders to your volunteers, runs instant multi-jurisdictional background checks, and allows volunteers to check in virtually or on-site from their phone. Volley administrators can quickly set up opportunities with shifts that repeat throughout the year. And the all-new Volley for School Partners can provide needed goods and services for your children while managing, building, and growing relationships within your community. One district in the Houston area has tripled their Community Partners program with Volley, logging over $1.3 million in needed resources for their kids. Let Volley help you help your children. Call this number or email this contact for a demo. Welcome back to School PR Drive Time. Kathleen Kennedy, APR, is our guest today. Kathleen is the president of the Center for Communication and Engagement, and today we're discussing some of the free master classes that she offers to public educators everywhere. And we want to transition now into leadership in chaos. Uh, Kathleen, tell us a little bit about this. Again, 30,000-foot view. What do you try to convey to uh, folks who, who tune into this master class? 
Wow. Well, this one really gets to the heart of running for a school board office and seeing when I was knocking door to door, just how much chaos surrounded our teachers with book banning and, oh gosh, they were talking about abortion on the doorsteps. And I was like, yikes. (laughs) If I'm seeing this, what are our teachers and our educators in the buildings doing? And and feeling every single day that it weighs so heavy on our shoulders, right? Like I knew it when I, I, you know, I work in it, but it's till you go out and knock doors and you're actually in it where it's like the chaos is real. The state testing, you know, the, we're, you're not good enough. We don't trust you as an educator to do your job. You're not respected in the industry. Those are that, that's that level at which We've got to cut through that because te- teachers are fleeing, educators are fleeing. And it was it was like, no, it is placed on my heart to be someone who can cut through the chaos. I may not have the answers, right? But I want to provide the resources to allow our educators to find some of that freedom to reclaim that joy and those harmony and the and and just be themselves and be able to serve with a heart of love again. So what are some of those resources that you can offer? Well, in that I've been offering the master classes and and those are online, you can take them as you want them and it is open to all educators. Some of them, you know, are coming in at the teacher level, building level, wherever it is in their leadership that they want to grow in. We're offering these for free and we are using experts from all over to come in. Um, and so it's right for anyone. You just want to be able to lead yourself into that chaos, out of and, that chaos, I should say. <laughs> and so when we're talking about leadership as a practice, and I know we mentioned this earlier, um, really anyone anyone can be a leader. I mean, leadership, it, it's more than just, you know, the title on your business card or or, or the you know, the sign on your desk. Talk to us a little bit about how we can practice anyone, wherever you are on the org chart, how can you practice the art of leadership in the face of chaos that that is uh, can, can impact people different ways? Because uh, people really, at the end of the day, they're all going through different things and experiencing the chaos in different ways. So how do we, how do our leaders lead through that? I love that. That's such a great question. So you step up and you own your part of what's going on, right? It's no matter where you are, it's being in integrity and stepping up and owning it, not passing the buck, not letting someone else fall on their shoulders. It's everybody taking turns at their area of responsibility. And I feel like um, this is where you get to just go all in and you for me, it is being creative. A hundred percent is possible all the time, but that's through creativity and who you owning, who you are and, and making sure that you're the one stepping up and offering different options and different resources and, and being creative in, in your leadership to offer your colleagues, whether they're bus drivers, where they're paras, whoever it is, you know, you can come with resources. It's not just the building leader that has to be the one responsible for everything. I think it's just owning it. So I'm curious, so much of dealing with chaos, I think is being on defense. 
you know, we're, we just feel as if we're beating back the, the demons and we're putting out fires and we can't really get done what the other things that are important that need to get to be done. So do you have any advice for how we can get away from having to play defense so often and maybe go on offense and try to deliver the resources and the, the things that our kids need? So good. I love that. Um, and I, I've been implementing this system in my own work life lately. It is prioritizing on my calendar an hour of focus time. Oh gosh, before COVID, I read a book called The One Thing. Uh, it, he's a marketing guy uh, in the in the Keller Williams, right? He's the founder of Keller Williams. And the focus of that book is to put your focus on the one thing that makes everything else no not even important, right? So it's that domino that makes everything else go this way. So when I do that in my own life and when I'm working on those things, everything else becomes, I mean, it's not necessarily unimportant, but I'm spending the majority of my time and you can do an hour of time, a two hours of time. I find that the earlier in the day I do this, the better it is for me because the rest of the day, you know, fills up pretty quickly. But this is able to, for me to dedicate time in the priority positive focus areas that I want to dedicate my life to and where, where I know it's going to see that return on my investment for the positive things that I need to be, be looking at. Because, and I will remember to my time at Oklahoma City Public Schools, when you're in an urban school district or any big district and there's so much crisis moving on, you've got to be able to do positive things as well. <laughs> you have to have those as too. It, it needs a balance. Um, and so having that built into your calendar is a really great way to identify that time. And I think that the, the the funny thing about chaos is it sometimes doesn't stop even when the, the clock hits five and it's time to go home. And, and so I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on this. One practice that I am committed to trying to do this year is marking off time at the end of my day and listing, okay, wh what, what were my wins? What did, what did I get done? What did I do well? But also what are some things that I have to prioritize for the next day? So I guess maybe expand on that and, and tell me, you know, do you agree, disagree? Is that a good way to not only handle your current day, but leave knowing that you did good work, but you're also ready for the next day? Wow. You had no idea. I have that too. It's a success <laughs> journal. It really, especially when the, you know, for our PR colleagues, right? We are just knee deep in some of the things you don't feel like there's wins. There's always wins if we look for them. I do a, a gratitude practice as well with my daughter every single night. We've been doing it since she was a baby. And I, I love it because it sets the tone for how you go to bed. But when you end that day with your success journal and your success practices, it really helps you change that mindset. Like you were talking about Ellen earlier is a mindset shift and it helps you shift your mind on, yes, we did do good things. And then it also helps you have some quantitative and qualitative data for your boss at the end of the year to show here, look, we did have wins in this department. We didn't always just do the negative PR and, and keep it at bay. So I, I am a firm believer of of recording your wins down. Um, it is, it's a leadership trait, uh, that a lot of leaders, not just in education do, but outside in, in different, um, industries. 
excellent, something that we all absolutely need to remember. So when you're doing these sessions for folks, you know, in all fields or, or all levels of education around the country, what's one thing that you want them to walk away with at the end? My biggest takeaway for them is that that they feel better and that they feel better about their calling. I, I, I just love our field. I love what we do. And I, I just want everyone that we work with to know how much we love them and how much they matter. And I feel like the, the more gifts I can give them, the more resources I can pour into them that they know walking away, that they make a difference in the lives of children. And I just, uh, I just can't stop enough. Like that is really where I, the heart and, and the, and the road meet, right? Like, I just want you to know that you make a difference and I want to pour back into you because of what you do and where you belong in our society. Well said. And Kathleen, we will leave the conversation right there. Where can people find you? Where can people connect with you uh, to, to learn more about these classes? They can connect with us on um, our website and I can give you all of the links <laughs> so, so people can find all of us and we're all over social media too. Perfect. And we will put those links in the show notes below. Kathleen Kennedy, APR, president of the Center for Communication and Engagement. Thank you so much for this inspirational conversation. And thank you for being a part of this engaging and enlightening conversation. Please take a moment to rate this podcast with five stars, and please take a moment to share this podcast with your colleagues and friends. This helps us make sure School PR Drive Time remains a relevant and helpful tool for school PR practitioners everywhere. Thanks to Volley for their support of this episode of School PR Drive Time.